This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Good afternoon, my friends, and welcome to Navigate with ID. As always, it's always a pleasure to be here, and I'm grateful to God for this opportunity. I hope you're fine and keeping well. Please remember to keep safe and ensure that you obey all the necessary protocols. The man that is alive is the one that can tell tales. Dead men don't tell tales. So please stay safe, ensure that you observe all the COVID protocols and all will be well by the grace of God. COVID will leave us definitely. Friends, we have started a new vista in our journey on this beautiful um, journey that we started, Navigate with ID. In the month of February, I wish you a very prosperous month. Even in that regard, following our Tuesday session, I told you that I had started with a dimension of looking at business. Our focus in the next couple of months will be around business. And so the theme for the period, this month in particular, is acquiring business acumen. And if you remember, for those of you that listened in on Tuesday, and for those that did not, well, I'll just do a quick recap of the Tuesday episode and then step into what we have for today. On Tuesday, when we started acquiring business acumen, I did say to you that business savvy and business sense are equally words that are used as synonyms to represent business acumen. According to the dictionary, business acumen is keenness and quickness in understanding and dealing with a business situation that includes risks and opportunities in a manner that is likely to lead to a very good outcome. And we then went on to talk about examples of business acumen skills that we all must have at our beck and call. Number one was the ability to focus. Number two was having an affinity for problem solving. Number three was about understanding the business model and then learning about financial. And we went ahead to do some exciting questioning of ourselves by asking, do you have what it takes? In this old frame, we're looking at assessing our entrepreneurial profile. We assessed our entrepreneurial profile there and then. We began to look at it from various dimensions. How do you know you have what it takes? How much money do you need? And apart from being an ideas person, what else do you need to be good at? And there we talked about the fact that success in a new enterprise depends on dedication and the consistent application of good business principles. And also the fact that you must be good with money, you must be good with people, you must be a good promoter, and finally, you must be good to yourself. On Tuesday, I did say, how do you bring all of this to life? In bringing it to life, in making it happen, there are certain nuggets that we require. Number one, we need to check that you have the right idea. If you don't check that you have the right idea, you may be going on a frolic of your own. Number two, we said develop a detailed business plan. Very critical. Number three, we said make sure you bankroll your ideas. Number four, we said ensure you practice your networking. Number five, we said plan your marketing and PR, that it's an integral part of your business plan. Number six, we said let's make sure that you, at all times, have the right financial and management support. Financial and management support is not something you can gloss over. Most entrepreneurs are better at ideas than at managing budgets, business operations, and even managing employees. You must have all of that in totality. And once you do, you will avoid the common errors and mistakes made by people who step into business who step in entrepreneurship and those common errors and mistakes that I, I treated on Tuesday were as follows. Number one, that you find setting up equal partnerships is an error. Entrepreneurs often share the startup responsibilities with a partner or partners. Sharing 50-50 or by thirds or quarters is a big mistake. You know why? Because conflicts will inevitably arise. And you always need someone in a controlling position to make a final decision. Number two, 
error or mistake you find that is common is when people have inadequate people and planning. Entrepreneurs must become strong managers when the company gets going. The third common error or mistake is relying too heavily on one or two customers. When you have few customers, then you are putting your business at risk because if anything happens to them, it will automatically impact you in one way or the other. Number four, we said causing cash flow problems through insufficient funding. Funding is critical to any business. And if you do not have a good supply of funds, then cash flow will be an issue. When you have cash flow problems, your business will be going under in no time. Number five, we said, when you fail to admit mistakes, Mr. Entrepreneur, then you are on the road to make even bigger and graver errors. And finally, never underestimate the competition. So, my dear friends, if you were not with us on Tuesday, I've done a quick recap of the full day on Tuesday for you. And I just want to place on record one of the things that we had agreed that going forward, Navigate with ID is taking a different format. And so I would like you, by the message of God, to take your notepad, take your pen ready every Tuesday and every Thursday, three to four. Let us go through this class because I'm about to unleash us to learn from one another, especially in this era, talking about business. And so the theme, acquiring business acumen, is very key. And so for today, we're going to start from a very different pedestal. And that pedestal is all embracing. Remember, I'm looking at the overall theme of acquiring business sense or business acumen. So what does it take deciding whether to start a business? Friends, you know that setting up a business can be very rewarding, but it also involves pressure. Like I noted earlier, it is not just enough for you to have a good, viable idea. You also need to have the right skills and the temperament to make the opportunity succeed. Otherwise, you'll be going on a frolic of your own. Starting your own business is also a risky thing to do. So you need to be aware of the problems or you need to be aware of what problems to look out for as early as possible. So deciding whether to start a business or, or not means that you have done due diligence, as they say, and you must have requisite skills. These days, you find a lot of young people and older people step into business simply because they've seen Lagbaja, brother, sister, family member, get into a certain line of business. They just assume that it's so glorious. And when they step into it, it's like jumping into the river and the current will take you into the ocean. And before you know it, this little idea of yours that you felt would blossom into a big money-spinning venture becomes a Frankenstein monster. You need to know who you are. It is important. You must know yourself. When you know yourself and you know who you are, what you are capable of doing, then you can easily sit back and know how you will handle challenges that will come your way in the course of business. So let me start by asking the question. That is the same question you'll be asking yourself. Do I have the right personality to start a business? Do I, Heidi, have the right personality to start a business? I want you to personalize it just like I did. Put your name in there and be asking yourself this very grave question. Whilst the technical aspects of your business will require specific qualifications, skills, or experience, there are broader demands that are as important. Number one, your ability to negotiate with suppliers. Negotiation is a key skill. In fact, it's not only about goods and services. Life is all about negotiation. We negotiate. Husbands negotiate with wives. Spouses negotiate with each other. Children negotiate with fathers or parents. So negotiation is a necessary skill in life. But when it comes to business, 
you must have it in total. Number two, you must understand how to mediate between your staff. And it's talking about mediation. You must have that sense because the bulk will always stop at your desk as the boss. If they have issues, they are going to come to you as a sanctuary or the beacon of justice. And you cannot serve justice with partiality. No, you must have that skill in place. Number three, you must be sociable with customers. Except, of course, your business or service is one that does not have the human interface. Even if it does not have, and you're selling a service via a medium, you're going to communicate. You're going to communicate either by mail, you're going to communicate by speech, by voice, whatever form. You need to be sociable with customers. Number four, you need to be convincing with prospects. You need to think clearly under pressure. And you must have the ability to take criticism. All of these, and finally, you must be able to portray confidence and use your time effectively. Pardon me as I step into a quote by Victor Klam. The quote is as follows. Entrepreneurs are simply those who understand that there is little difference between obstacle and opportunity. And we are able to turn both to the advantage. I'll take that again. Entrepreneurs are simply those who understand that there is little difference between obstacle and opportunity and are able to turn both to their advantage. That's what Victor Klam said. So the question is, are you ready to start your business? Do you have the right personality to start a business? Not everybody is called to be an entrepreneur. Successful self-employed people have certain characteristics. When you find a person being self-employed and is successful, there are certain characteristics that play out. Number one, they tend to be logical, perceptive, organized, and responsible. Number two, they are typically extroverted and confident and able to communicate and get their points across. So if you want to step into the terrain of being self-employed, you must have some of these characteristics. Number three, successful self-employed people have this characteristic of sociability. They are social. They are often sociable with the ability to lead. Self-employed people normally are generally single-minded but they also take advice. They lead people, they listen, and they are able to take advice. If you are one that cannot take advice, then you have a problem. Self-employed people who are successful are flexible and adaptable. They are quick to take opportunities as they come and are ready to take risks. They tend to be tough-skinned and are able to handle failure. Can you handle failure? If you cannot handle failure, stay in your nine to five. If you cannot handle failure, stay where you are. Because if you go and the winds of fortune don't blow your way, because not every first business trip will be a successful one. Not every business trip will be the one that will bring all the gold and silver. Their hills and their valleys just like life. Can you handle failure if you are not tough-skinned? then don't venture into business. Go and understudy somebody. Begin to have the knack to manage failure. If you can't, please stay and build yourself well to avoid depression or having a heart attack. There are many people today that have died or are suffering depression because they just thought it was anything and everything. They took on their whole savings and plunged into the river of a particular business without checking the current. And when failure knocked on the door, the next thing will be either committing suicide or some of them get into a depressionable state of which it would take only God to bring them out. Successful self-employed people are usually creative and imaginative. Are you creative? Are you imaginative? 
then you must be a candidate to be self-employed. And finally, they are often individualists who are not afraid to stand out from the crowd. My dear friends, these are qualities and characteristics of a self-employed person. If I've reeled out these seven, eight points, and you can't find yourself in at least five, then you need to grow. Then you need to begin to look at yourself differently. Then you may have to say, what else can I do to make my life better? Now, typically, there's always a fable or a myth. And that fable or myth is the fact that older people are more successful at running business. It is not exactly correct. So if I was to take this in the form of a question, are older people more successful at running a business? The answer is no. According to surveys and research that have been done over the years, there's been a revelation that many successful businesses have been started by people in their 30s. And they have some management experience. That is a qualifier. Surveys also reveal that many successful businesses have been started by people in their 30s who have some management experience. So are you earlier than 30? Yes, you can be successful, but you need some management experience. Are you in your 30s? Yes, you can be a successful business owner, but you need some management experience. Many young people today do not think it is necessary and a sufficient condition they just think they can manage people, they can manage resources, and at the end of the day, they realize that they've just burned their time and resources for nothing. People over the age of 50, sometimes referred to as third-age entrepreneurs, are also responsible for many business startups. So if you are listening to me, you are above 50 like myself. You're listening to me, you're above 60. You can also be responsible to start up a business, it is not too late. So don't sit back and say, I cannot do it. No, it is not about age, it is about grace. It is that which you carry that you can bring to the table to make things work. So if you are over the age of 50, I'm saying to you that you can be responsible for many business startups. And you will also must understand that you must think about a change of direction after taking an early retirement. So those of you that are in this age bracket above 50, going towards 60, you must understand that there is always a place for what? Taking an early retirement. You can take an early retirement. Young people have fewer domestic commitments. That's why most times they are able to thrive. And so when you look at the young people in their 30s, who are successful in business because most of them, they have fewer domestic commitments. This domestic commitment is something that could be an albatross for the older ones because they'll look around and say, I'm already old. Look at my children here. I need to send them to school. Is it at this age I'm going to start a business? What if it fails? What am I going to do? Age is not on my side. No, you cannot afford to write yourself off. Don't write yourself off. Yes, young people have fewer domestic commitments. Young people have plenty of energy. They are full of ideas. So do older ones. But I can tell you that it is not so much about age. It is so much about grace. The younger people have the potential to develop and adapt to the challenges of self-employment, especially in this time. Because this age and time we find ourselves, it's what I term as a period where they are nomadic in nature. Nomadic, in quote, means that you rarely find, like my time, when you find young people stay in the company for six, ten years, like we used to have in those days. These days, 18 months is too long. They are already shopping for the next job. 24 months, they are singing hallelujah. If you find any of them, the millennials, as, as we call them, if you find them sitting in a place for more than five years, then you are going to shout hallelujah in some nice place and say, wow, the Lord has kept me for this long, but they are very nomadic in nature. I'm telling you this because many people are writing off their desire to make it in business simply because of myths. 
and myths sometimes become self-fulfilling prophecies. So I'm going to step from this saddle to go into a space about skills. So the question is, what skills will you need? Or, like I always do, I'm throwing it back to you. Ask yourself, what skills will I need? You are the one that wants to go into business. You are the one that wants to be an entrepreneur. You are the one that wants to be self-employed. You must ask yourself, what skills will I need? Number one, you need business skills. Business skills are a huge advantage. It is important to understand the principles of business and management, including marketing, strategic planning, accounting, personnel management, etc., etc. Today we call it human resource management, but it's about personnel. How do you harness the resource called humans to be able to deliver results? Business skills are a huge advantage. Little wonder why a lot of people fail when they start this journey of entrepreneurship. Number two, you must aim to get some basic training in business administration before you start. Remember, underline the word I said, basic training in business administration. When you see Mama Kolade, she has been in business for 30 years. Do I need to go to Harvard or do I need to go to Emory or do I need to go to this top Ivy League university to get my MBA before I start a business? If you can, good for you. But if you cannot, you can go and intern with Mama Kolade. She's been in that business for 30 years. She's been successful. You can sit down with Mama Kolade for 60 days, take leave from office for 30 days, go and serve Mama Kolade or Papa Izien. Whichever name you want to call them, you know them. They are business people. They've been in there. They may not have the degree. They may not have the master's in business administration, but they understand business and administration. And I'm, that's why I'm saying to you, if you cannot, you know, do what others do, then go do what you can do. What is near you? What is in front of you? God said to Moses, what is in your hand? Many times, a lot of people discard what is in their hands and looking for utopia that does not exist. So, please, a skill that you need is basic training in business administration. Then, you need to give yourself some tutoring. Read. Read as much as you can to fill the gaps in your knowledge. In many of us are sitting today, you think Emory, Ivy League University cannot give you all the case studies. Even if you go to PAU, go to LPS, go to SBS, go to wherever. If you do not upgrade as you move on, you become stale. So you must bring in yourself to the place of reading as much as you can to fill the gaps because they cannot cover all that you meet in the field. Number three, skill that is very key, leadership. Leadership skills are very important. If you expect the business to grow, you will inevitably you know, employ people. And when you employ people, you need to have that ability to show leadership and to manage people will be extremely critical. Friends, I'm going to take a break at this point. And when we come back, we'll continue on this trajectory because I want you and I to get to a place where we are going to sit ourselves well and begin to look at how we can make life better for everyone. Not again would anybody sit back and say, I cannot do it. Yes, you can. And this is a place to tune into. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this break. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends, from the break. Just in case you're just joining us, um, you're welcome. We're looking at a theme for this month and the months to come. It's all going to be about business, and we want to focus on business. And so the theme is acquiring business sense. In another parlance, you can call it business savvy. You can also call it business acumen. And so, friends, we've been looking at varied dimensions. Just before we went on the break, we were asking ourselves, especially those of us who are looking to become successful self-employed people, 
entrepreneurs, businessmen, women, whatever name or appendage you require, that is the thing you want to do. And so the question was, what skills will you need? And you need to personalize it by saying, what skills do I need? I started by saying you need business skills. It's a huge advantage. Secondly, you need to get some basic training in business administration before you start. It doesn't have to be going to an Ivy League institution. You can go volunteer, take your time, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, go and work with Mama Risika or work with Baba Suraj or anyone who has been in business for so long. They will teach you. They are hands-on. They don't have the Pali or certificate of MBA, but they will tell you that they have something, what more, that they've been successful over the years. The third skill that you require is leadership. Leadership skills are important. If you expect the business to grow, you will inevitably have to employ people. And your ability to show leadership and to manage people is, will be critical. The fourth point of skill that is required by you and required in business is the fact that all businesses require an element of selling. You must be able to persuade people to support you. Much as learning basic selling skills could be there, but you must also be sociable. But being outgoing and articulate are very important. You cannot sit down and say, ah, I don't want to talk to anybody. Hey, you know I'm shy. You know I'm an introvert. You know I don't like speaking out. Then look for the business. Look for business that will not allow you to promote your business. Maybe you have to employ someone to come and do that for you. Number five, organizational skills. They are very key and essential to the success of the business. And they help you generate sufficient income. Small businesses, small businesses must be well organized and sufficient. And finally, finally, my friends, this skill that is very rare is called discipline. You must be disciplined. Discipline to set and to meet deadlines or objectives. And now you may just be asking me, I did, this is just so much. I was thinking I could stump myself or jump into this business. I've been looking at this. Beware, that's what I said to you. Jumping into a line of business is like jumping into a river. Every river has its own typical current. Current here being C-U-R-R-E-N-T. The current of this river may be different from the other. So you can't just jump in without knowing. But then you might be wondering, how do I make it happen? And this is where I need to come into a different section to say, you need to assess your abilities and resources in making it happen. Starting your own business is a risky thing. It's a risky venture to do. So you should come to grips with the various risks as early as possible. This will help you decide if you are willing and able to take those risks. Number one, you need to ask yourself several questions. Do you have the financial resources and can you afford to risk them? Do you have the financial resources? Very key. I mentioned this during the Tuesday meeting when I said when you ask the average person that says, I have ideas, I have so much ideas, but what do you lack? Finance, money, funding. This is a critical question. And it's as critical as saying, how have you assessed your ability and resources? For example, you might take a secured loan based on the value of your home. Some people do it. They will stick their home. They will stick their houses, I beg your pardon. What are your plans if the business fails and you are forced to sell your house? Do you know how many people have had to risk that? How they have to put in their homes? They put in just because they need a certain amount of money to go into business. They put up their homes and give it to the bank or whoever is providing the credit as a surety. What if the business now fails? Can you stand that storm? Have you checked the condition of your heart? Can you survive it? 
And is it important that you put all your family at risk? That you have put the entire house in there and one day they just see a belly come through with all manner of people and they say vacate and they start throwing their things out. We see that happen live, friends. It's simply because whoever stepped into that line of business never assessed him, himself or herself. He or she never assessed the ability and the resourceful. So you must be careful. You must assess that part. Ask yourself, do you have the wherewithal and can you afford to risk some items? Do you have sufficient experience and technical skills to perform the core functions of your new business? Many people are about to jump out of their day jobs, their nine to five, because they simply see on the internet. Maybe you've gone on YouTube, you've seen how to do a certain thing, how some other person has gone through, has been able to deliver X, Y, Z. Let me ask you to please be careful because not everybody comes out to tell you the truth. They will come out to tell you things that will make them have you to follow, to subscribe, to like, so that they make more money. But they will not tell you about the pitfalls. They will only tell you about how blue and radiant the sky is, but they will never tell you their potholes. They may not even go to the extent of describing the size of the portals. Yet, you will later find their pitfalls in this supposed dainty, beautiful business simply because you're either following them or they are putting one, two minute videos on Instagram and there you are dancing. But you don't realize that you need sufficient experience and technical expertise and skills to perform the core functions of that business. Don't be fooled. Do you have the tenacity and discipline to see through hard times when cash will be short and demands will be heavy? Do you? Like I always tell those in paid employment, those that I coach, I say, listen, don't come to me and tell me you want to resign from your job. Any of my mentees or people that I coach, when they come to me and say, sir, I want to leave my job, I'm tired. Sometimes they are running away because they have a boss who is frustrating them. Sometimes they are running away simply because they don't like the system they work. And sometimes they just want to venture into a new field. The first question I always ask, what cover do you have? And what I mean by cover, if you were to live exactly the way you live now, can you cover yourself for the next six to nine months? If your answer is no, I say, my friend, go and sit down. You're not ready. I mean, six months is nothing. Before you know it, fiam, it's done. Some time ago, I was CEO of a major multinational and I decided to leave. When I decided to leave that job, everybody thought I was crazy, including my family members. How would you leave a plum job like that? But guess what? I knew that I needed to have my sanity. It was important for me to have my head. Mental health was critical. They won't see it. They only see the plush BMW or Mercedes-Benz cars you're driving. They see you flying business or first class. Today, Honolulu, tomorrow, Tokyo, tomorrow, Japan, Korea, London, New York. That is all they see. And they say, wow, this guy is living the life. They don't understand that if care is not taken, you are dying slowly. And so I decided to walk away from that job plum job but i didn't just walk away i had to ask myself do i have the cover friends i had a one-year cover and i knew that if something was going to be dramatically wrong for me not to get another job in one year if i didn't get a job then my network my reputation was what i should play not that there was no job because friends hmm, jobs are not scarce what is scarce are faithful people a faithful man or woman who can find them. They are scarce. That's what's scarce. Jobs are not scarce. So if you are sitting back and you want to come to me, I'll ask you, do you have sufficient cover? So the question here is, do you have the tenacity and discipline to see through hard times when cash will be short and demands will be heavy, either from customers, from banks, and even from your family? Do you have that cover? At this juncture, friends, I'm taking a backstage to present to you yourself. I'm taking a backstage to present to you 
that which is inside you that you need to unearth. What is the motive? Why do you want to go into this business? You must examine your motives. Why do you want to start your own business? Why do you want this particular line of business? Why are you so interested in this particular industry? What exactly is driving you? Like I always say to people, I don't care what car you drive. What I care about is what is driving you. What is setting you on this journey? Number one, is it independence or independence? Yes, independence can be seen as many people. I want to be on my own. It can be a pain working for someone else. I know, tell me about it. But you still need to be disciplined and able to get on with others when you work for yourself. Listen, friends, if you are an indisciplined man or woman, even whilst you're working for someone, rather than resume at 8 o'clock, the day you decide to go and work on your own because you need independence and you want to be snoring on the bed at 10, poverty will be waiting for you at the door, a little sleep, a little slumber, then you know that poverty is at your door waiting for you because you have missed it all. You don't have what it takes to be independent because you lack a certain tenet called discipline. What is your motive? Could it be a second point here, greater job satisfaction? Self-employment allows you to the job, to do the job your own way. That's what self-employment allows you. To some others, it is seen as freedom. Do you know that a lot of young people just think that, well, I don't need, why is this man talking to me? I see a lot of things being written on social media. Our young people come to diss their bosses, diss their managers, diss people, and just write all manner of things. And they walk away and say, I walked away from him. You are walking away now, but you don't see that future. You think you are free now? <laughs> freedom is expensive. Don't ask freedom fighters. It is not free. There's nothing like free. You need to fight. It's a huge sacrifice. Whenever you are thinking that, you want to go into self-employment so you can be free. My friend, check your motive well, because that freedom is not going to happen. You might be paying your own way to poverty extraordinary. Could that motive be, number three, achievement and success? If that is a the motive, there is always something attached to the idea of running your own business. But make sure that you are not trying to prove that you are something you are not. Don't try to be a hero when you are zero. If the business fails, would you be able to handle the aftermath? Can you, will you? Number four, is your motive for money or for kudi or for who? Or like my language, they say for Akok. Is it for money? While the thought of being better off financially is naturally attractive, doing it for the money is not usually a good enough motive in itself, friends. And greater wealth is by no means guaranteed. In particular, beware of starting a business when you have no other choice. You'll be putting yourself under even more pressure. If you go this route, friends, you must understand that you need something. You need to be pragmatic about what you can achieve as well as being extremely positive. I really pray that you hear me, every one of you that is listening to this program, as we go through this series, I'm trusting God to grant me grace and the wisdom to be able to bring that which I've read, like I have now from the business Bible, bringing it out to you, Take a bit here, a little here, a little there, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, a little here, a little there, that I can present to you a bit of my experience, a bit of experiences of others, and that we can come to share with you so that as you go on this journey called life, you will become a successful man or woman. So when you examine your motives and you are able to ask yourself, is it about independence? Is it about greater job satisfaction? 
Is it about achievement and success? I want to be notable. I want to be there. I want to drive this beautiful luxurious Mercedes. It's about the car. It's a Bentley. Mm. Is it for the money? When you wrap all of those motives around and you do not have central to it humanity, then you are about to lose the ticket. So I'm going to ask you, how prepared are you for the pressures that are coming? So what do you need to do? This is about getting prepared for the pressure because pressure awaits you. Huh. I always say pigeon. Now from sleep that they learn how to die. Friends, you must be prepared for the pressure. Number one, the pressure of being self-employed. All those pressures of being self-employed are inescapable. You may have to work long hours and there will be times when things get on top of you. You may get into debt in order to finance the enterprise. You will need to maintain your faith in your business, often in the face of other people's doubts. People are going to doubt you. And let me announce to you, if your hope is in a man or a woman, trust not the arms of flesh. I can tell you that for free from experience. God will always raise destiny helpers that will help you. But your eyes must be able to see. Your ears must be able to hear. And your heart must be able to comprehend and understand. You can't just jump in. There will be pressure, friends. You may have to work long hours. And there will be times when you feel like, who sent me? How did I get here? I'm speaking from experience. Even if the vision was crystal clear, and you know this is of God, not you going on your frolic on your own. This is something that you know God gave you the talent, the skill, the ability to do. Hmm. You must go through the process because that is what guarantees progress. Hills and valleys, that's life, up, down. Today you're up, certainly at some point you need to come down. It's your ability to rise again and continue changing the trajectory and the curve that makes you know that you are prepared for the pressure. Number two, there will be times when you feel totally lonely and isolated. If you employ people, you'll need to be positive and show leadership all the time. And God help you that you have people in there that have a heart. But the only way that they will have a heart is if you have shown them your heart. Many people today are entrepreneurs and have businesses. They don't have a heart. They've substituted the heart of man for the heart of a beast. They become beastly the way they treat people. When times really come hard, knocking hard, then the people that you have trained and dealt with in a beastly form will now return the beast in them to show you that you are not the only author and custodian of beastly behavior. You must treat people well. There will be times when you need to be tough and prepared to discipline difficult employees. By no means go there, do that. Or make difficult demands of your suppliers, yes, but not in a beastly fashion, not without the face of humanity. Or the heart because the day you lose humanity you lose your humanity then you are tending towards animalistic tendencies and that is bad i'm not saying do not be shrewd i'm not saying do not be hard but i'm saying apply wisdom because it is a principal thing it's not the vice principle when you have wisdom you have understanding when you treat people well they will bring all that you require because the best gifts you are looking for are in earthen vessels called people. That's where the treasures are. You need to be polite and helpful. Even when an awkward customer is giving you a hard time. Listen, friends, this is part of the pressure you will get. A very terrible customer, a very terrible one, who does not have any regard for anything. You must know how to handle such a customer. There are some of them that you can't. They just know that this one is an impossible case. You know what? God made them all. That's why I cannot do certain things. There are certain businesses I cannot enter. Forget it. No matter how lucrative it's been. Me, I know myself well. Remember I said, you must be able to assess yourself and know what you're capable. There are some businesses I can't be a part of. If I have to be in such a business, I have to go and look for someone like my wife. 
who has a good blend to manage. I mean, I'll give you an example. I have, we have one of our drivers. I said to myself, this guy is all, is my wife that can, that he can only drive my wife. If he drives me for one month, I'll sack him. If he drives me for one week, I'll sack him. And so I know. I make sure when he's driving me, Madame is in the car. So she will be the balance sheet. Because me, as I'm sitting there, I can't take, I can't suffer fools gladly. I'm not saying that she does, but she has another, she has the temperament. I don't have it. Mine, I can't stand mediocrity and foolishness. I'm sorry. I will give it to you, hook, line, sinker, double dose. And by the time I'm finishing, you'll be asking, did a tornado pass through here? And I would have gone. The wake would have been serious. So I avoid because I know myself. I can't stand those mono mono. Mm -mm. Number three, many people who successfully start their own business have the backing of their family. You will be more, friends, listen to this very well. You will be under pressure working long hours. Your family must be prepared for the impact this can have on family life. It is very, very critical for those of you that are married, that have families, and you want to go solo, i.e. you want to go self-employment, you must have the backing of your family because there will be pressure and they must be prepared for the impact that it will have on family life. If you are the type that typically would have time to take your daughter, sons, the family out, family outing, that may become eroded. And if you are the type that has been mushy mushy, Mr. Romantic or Mrs. Romantic, know that Oga or Madame still needs a service level ratio that is high. She needs that comfort. She needs that time. You better think about it well and buy, have that buy in and tell them that this thing is coming. Oh, I remember when I started Navigate with ID many years ago in 2009. And I was going to start on a particular radio station in Lagos. And I was going to, the airtime was going to cost me somewhere around 236,000 naira monthly. I had to get a producer and I had to get an editor, et cetera, et cetera. And the whole amount was coming to close to 400,000. Way back in 2009, friends, I didn't start this journey today. I had to go sit down with my wife and I said to her, you know what? I am going somewhere. And she looked at me and said, where? I said, well, I will need this amount to be paid to somebody, some radio station, because I believe God is leading me somewhere. I'm a trustee of posterity. I've been asked to teach, to guide, to motivate people. So if you are listening to me now, it's 12 years, but I had that buy, I needed that buy-in, that this amount is going to come out of us and what we do. From that day, I got that commitment. Till this day, the commitment has never been withdrawn because I've also been responsible. And then you include the family and their joint heirs. My little daughter today knows that every Tuesday and Thursday, she knows those two days, as she calls them, Daddy, you're going to the station. She calls them station days. On this day, I know that my dad is out. I've donated him to the world, and he's going to go. He's not going to have time for me on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Likewise, every other stream, because they've seen that it's important. And so they talk it in, and they'll be able to manage with you as you go on. There's a risk that self-employment can bring especially with lower income at the initial stages. Friends, if you are earning, you are earning 1,000 Naira, by the time you go on your own, you can't be collecting that 1,000 or bros, madam. It might come down as low as 200. You must now cut your cloth, your garment. You must cut it to fit what you're doing. And maybe even the implication of the business failing. So, you must take time to talk to all members of your family who might be affected by your choice to be your own boss. Many of you do not carry your spouses along. You just say, um, she should know now. After all, they sacked me, there's COVID. I'm looking for money out, I'm doing this. Then you fail in the original responsibility you have towards your family. That is when charity will not begin at home. You are uncharitable towards the cause. The major respect you have and the major place of assignment is your family. Do not be reckless. Don't jump into a river without having the right lifeguard with you. What are the common errors and mistakes, my friends, that people make? Number one, 
when they assume that being your own boss is easy. Everyone has come across a boss who makes one's life difficult. Don't assume that working for yourself will be all plain sailing. There are great benefits to be sure, but you have to get used to the idea that the box stops with you. Make sure you are ready to take on the responsibility. Number two, number two mistake or common error, doing it for the wrong reasons. Don't do it for money alone. Please, I beg you by the mercy of God. Don't step into business for the money alone. Weigh the pros and cons of your idea and the impact it will have on all the areas of your life. It will take a lot of effort. But let me tell you the good news. You can do it. And so, my dear friends, I come to the end of today's edition of Navigating ID. Remember, the format is going to be this way, as I said to you. What do I require from you? That you and I, you have to follow me on my social media handles. They handle Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. That's where you'll get information all the time. Or C underscore Shepherds. That's the corporate Shepherds handle across board. But more importantly, I want you to know that you can send me an email, contact at navigatewithid.com. And in doing that, you, if you have questions for me, please ensure you follow a certain pattern and principle. Number one, you must be able to articulate the problem. Statement of the problem is key. Tell me what problem it is. State it well. Number two, what kind of industry you are or what you are doing currently. Number three, what have you done and where would you need my help? We'll begin to cycle all those questions and keep them at the appropriate time. As I did say to you, You'll have me come in live on those open mic days that will tell you and will answer some of these questions. And better still, we'll set up a Saturday where you and I will go through all of these questions. I know that we'll get there. And definitely, you can't be lost on this journey. There's partnership on the way. And that partnership is with Corporate Shepherds. And thanks to MTN for bringing this and making this happen for you and I. Thank you. God bless. Goodbye. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.